Masechet Megillah, Daf Lamed Aleph. We begin with the Mishnah, which that lists all the Torah readings for the various holidays and special days of the year, beginning with Pesach, the first uh, major holiday, by Pesach Korin, Beparashat Moadot Shel Torah Kohanim. And the Mishnah teaches that on Pesach, uh, the Mishnah, of course, is only one day of Pesach. This is not, not talking about Galuyot. And says on Pesach, we read from the section about the holidays in uh, Torah Konim. What the, Torah Konim is how the Mishnah refers to Sefer Vayikra. Um, and um, this is in uh, chapter 22, 23, Parashat Emor. We, however, do not do this. We actually read from Parashat Bo on the first day of Pesach. And what we're going to see is that uh, while many of the um, uh, statements that the Mishnah says uh, we, we, we still follow, many of them have changed since. In fact, even from the time of the Mishnah to the time of Gemara, uh, there were changes, and the Gemara is going to quote a lot of things that are different from the Mishnah. Uh, at the practice that we have nowadays uh, was pretty much settled by the time of the Geonim, after the uh, after the Gemara, but it's really fascinating to see the Torah readings that were once upon done and uh, how they've uh, how they've changed over time uh, in different communities. Okay, Ba'aseret Shiva Shavuot on Shavuot we read the section of Devarim uh, that talk about the holidays and specifically where it says there you should count seven weeks. On Rosh Hashanah, we go back to Vayikra Parashat Emor, and we read there where it talks about the seventh month on the first of the day, de- the first uh, day of the month. That's Tishrei, which is Rosh Hashanah. We actually don't do this. We read Vashem Pakad et Sarah, as the Gemara will note. Biyom Kippurim Acharemot. Okay, we do. We do read Acharemot, all of the service of Yom Kippur uh, mentioned in Vayikra Tet Vav. Uh, on the first day of, of Sukkot, uh, we read the section of the, of the holidays, again, back in Parashat Emor. And on the other days of Sukkot, uh, every, day we, every day of Sukkot, all Cholomoed, we uh, read from the Torah. And so we will read uh, there the um uh the the korbanot that 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 we bring on sukkot which uh change every day the parim uh, specifically go from 13 down to 12 11 10 9 8 uh 7 um so each each day we read the appropriate um uh, section from parashat pinchas uh, where all the korbanot musafin are found all right, so those are the major holidays of the year. And then we go to the minor holidays, Bachanukah, Banisi'im. Uh, on the Chanukah, we read the tribute that was given by the various Nisi'im of each Shevet upon the, uh, the Chanukah, the dedication of the Mishkan, which makes sense. On Chanukah, we're dedicating the Bet, rededicating the Bet Mikdash. And so this is a parallel. But Purim Vayavo Amalek, on Purim itself, we read about the uh, story of Amalek coming and fighting with Israel when they came out of Egypt uh, because of the connection between Haman and Agag. On Rosh Chodesh, read the part, part in Pinchas about the Korban Musaf of Rosh Chodesh. On those special days when uh, a selection of, of uh, non-Kohanim are chosen to represent all of B'nai Israel in Jerusalem or anywhere they live, and they take out Sefer Torah and read 
uh, Torah all every day of the week, they read Bereshit Perek Aleph, Ubetaniyot on public fast days, Berachot Uklalot. We don't do this. We read Vaychal Moshe from Kitisa. Based in the times of the Mishnah, they would read the blessings and curses from the end of Vaikra because that prompts people to make Teshuvah by realizing all the calamities that should happen should we not follow the laws. And now they mentioned Kalalot, another halacha is that we should not split up the section of curses between more than one aliyah. Rather, one ole reads all of them. I think Amada will explain why, even though it's a, it's a long uh, aliyah. Um, that usually you might split, but this, in this case, you don't. On Monday and Thursday and Shabbat Mincha, we read from the regular parashat Shavua, uh, whatever it is. And those readings do not, uh, are not, don't add up in the count of the of, of uh, how much we're getting through Parashat HaShavua. In other words, on Monday, uh, on, on Shabbat afternoon, we're going to start reading, let's say, right, in this, in this week, we started reading the beginning of Bishalach. And then Monday, we again go back to the beginning of Bishalach. On Thursday, back to the beginning of Bishalach. We don't continue from where we left off uh, from on Monday and then continue reading on Thursday. And we don't continue from where we left off on Thursday and then start reading there on Shabbat. If we did that, we would... Uh, Finish with three aliyot during the week and have uh, the parasha would be uh, almost half as long. Uh, but we don't do that. Uh, rather, on Shabbat, we go all the way back to the beginning and we read the entire parasha. Uh, the reason for that is that um, not only today, but even the times of the Mishnah, uh, not so many people came to Bet Knesset uh, during the week. People, uh, people were and are busy, but uh, most people came on Shabbat. And so therefore, uh, they would not have heard it on Monday and Thursday. And so we start, we read the whole thing every Shabbat. Shene Emad, and now this, this Pasuk is going back on what happened before, uh, the special readings for each holiday. We don't just read regular Parashat Hashua on a holiday because Vaydaber Moshe et Mo'ade Adonai el Bnei Yisrael Misvatan Shukorin kol echad vechad bizmano Moshe spoke about the holidays to Bnei Yisrael. In other words, just like Moshe taught about the holidays on each uh, appropriate day, so too, we should read that section of each day at, uh, when appropriate. Okay, very good. So that's the, uh, that's the Mishnah. And now we quote a Baraita that will expand uh, on the, the various readings of the uh, all year round. Just like the Mishnah said, on Pesach we read um, from Vaikra Parashat Emor. Now the Brayta is going to add haftarot also, and we read from the, the the Pesach that was celebrated in the first generation that uh, uh, with Yehoshua um, and uh, in Gilgal. Nowadays, out and so this is. Uh, you know, the, the Gemara adding, right? You can see that it switches from Hebrew uh, to Aramaic, Ta'idana. So this is not part of the Braita, but rather in the Talmud Bavli, because they were in exile and they're celebrating two days of Yom Tov. So it's now that we have two days, we're going to read on the first day, that same Haftarah. And the second day, the Chobran um, Pesach that was celebrated by Yoshia in the Sefer Melachim Bet. On the other days of Pesach, 
We read all, all, all different places. I mean, it talks, about, it talks about Pesach in lots of places throughout Chumash. So every day we find a different one. Mayhi, and what do we read? Amara Papa, Mapu, Siman, a mnemonic to remember the readings of each of the of days of Cholamoed is Mapu. This is not a uh, this is not a political party in the Israeli Knesset, but rather the Mem uh, stands for Mishechu Chulachem from uh, uh, Shemot 12. The Aleph stands for Im Kesef Tavet Ami. Continuation there talks about Pesach. Uh, the P stands for Pesol Lecha from Kitisa, and the Vav stands for Vaidaber, numbers nine, which is about Pesach Sheni. Okay, very good. And now that there's uh, that would be cover four days of Cholamoy. There's, there's going to be a Shabbat usually in between as well. Yom Tov Acharon Shel Pesach Korin Vayhi Beshalach. Uh, there's a typo in this uh, in this edition uh, in the in the Nikud. They say Bishloach, but it's actually Bishalach, which is a nice Parashat Shavuah coincidence. Um, it also draws your attention to the fact that we don't read by He Bishloach um, because that would be Binyan Kal, and that would mean like to send, like when you want to send a messenger. But Bishalach is is uh, is PL when Paro sent, he cast out, he kicked out Bnei Israel. Um, and so that makes a big difference. Okay, so on the last day of Pesach, um, that's when we commemorate uh, the final leaving of the, out of Egypt um, and the splitting of the sea. So that's where we read B'Shalach Maftirin by Deber David. And since we read a Shira and in, in the Torah, we read Shirat David in the Haftarah. Ulmachar kol bechor maftirin od hayom. And uh, in, uh, in, in Galut, when you have an, an extra day at the end of Pesach, we read Kol HaBechor from Devarim 15, and the Haftarah will, is about Yesh, from Yeshaya 10, um, about the downfall of Sancheriv, um, a, a parallel to the downfall of Paro'ah. Okay, Abaye says, and nowadays, this is, uh, this is our custom, and this is, in fact, our, the custom that we do, and that is on the first day uh, of Pesach, uh, the first day of Yom Tov, we read Meshoch, right? from Parashat uh, Bo, and then we read Torah, Torah with an Aleph means uh, Shor, a Taf in Aramaic is often parallel to a Shin in Hebrew, and the Aleph at the end of a, end of a word in Aramaic uh, just means like Ha, Shor. Uh, so, um, so that's uh, from uh, Shor, or Chesev, or Ez, uh, from Vayikra 22. And then on the next day, which would be the first day of Cholomoed, we read Kadesh Li Kol Bechor, um, uh, from, again from Parashat Bo, and then Bekaspa Im Kesef Talvet Ami, from Shemot Pesol, as in Parashat Kitisa, Pesol Lecha, and then Bemid Bera, uh, then that's where we read Numbers 9, was about Pesach Sheni, and then on the seventh day, uh, we read Parashat Shelach, Beshalach, um, and then finally, the last day of Pesach, when there is an extra, extra day in Galut, we read Bukhra, which is to Devarim 15. Okay, very good. Now back to the Braita, Ba'aseret. On Shavuot, we read Shiva Shavuot. Um, uh, as the Mishnah said, uh, we, we read us uh, the um, uh, Habakuk mentions the giving of Torah in chapter two. Others say that no, no, we read Shemot uh, chapter 19 and 20. That is what we do on the first day. 
of, Shavu, of Shavuot because that's commemorating Matan Torah. So we read about the entire setting of Matan Torah in 19 and then the Ten Commandments in chapter 20. And we have the Haftarah in Yechezkel chapter 1. Uh, because that is uh, also a great theophany, a great experience of, exper- uh, of Hashem, seeing Hashem just like Bnei Sel had at, at Har Sinai, so too Yechezkel has. And nowadays that we have two days, we do so, we, we, um, um, we follow both opinions and we do, do so in reverse. In other words, on the first day we read, um, uh, we read from uh, from uh, Shemot 19, and on the second day we read what the Mishnah had had Shiva Shavuot. So we end up doing uh, doing both. Right over here was just it was a Tanakama Nacherim. It was two different opinions about what to do on the first day. But since we have two days of Yom Tov of Shavuot, so we can do both. But on Rosh Hashanah we're going to read from Bachodesh uh, um, in Numbers 29, Parashat Pinchas. And uh, we read, um, uh, we read from Yirmiyah, um, which uh, you know mentions Zachodes Kerenu. I, I will remember uh, Bnei Israel is one of the pesukim uh, that we also read in uh, Zichronot in the Musaf. And others say that on the, they were talking about when there's one day of Rosh Hashanah, which it biblically is only one day, then we read Hashem remembered Sarah. The reason for this is because as Midrash says, when did Hashem remember Sarah? In other words, when did Sarah become pregnant? I was on Rosh Hashanah, just like other Imahat and Yosef got out of jail. That was all kinds of happy things, uh, especially things that people are hoping for and expecting and waiting for for a long time. So Rosh Hashanah, because it's a new beginning, right? And so we start with new Barachas. So therefore the Midrash associates all these uh, happy events to, with Rosh Hashanah. And that's why uh, the rabbis chose Rosh Hashem Pakadet Sarah, according to this Yeshomrim. And uh, since we talked about Sarah, um, becoming, uh, conceiving, so to Chana, uh, we read about her, her conception, uh, parallel stories. Okay, Vaidana, Dika Tereyome, now we have two days of Rosh Hashanah, even in Israel. So, the first day we'll read Vashem Pakad. That's exactly what we do. And on the second day, we read Akedat Yitzchak. And the Haftarah will be a Ben Yakir, which was the, uh, the, the first opinion here. And so we end up um, uh, doing uh, both, both of the Haftarot in this Braita, Tanakama and Yoshamrim, although the Bachodesh Shevi'i will end up reading as the, as the Maftir. Um, interestingly, this the entire Mishnah and this entire Braita does not mention the custom that we have that on basically every holiday, uh, we read something about the holiday, and then the, the only the maftir is from Parashat Pinchas about the korbanot. Uh, so, but the Mishnah and the Braita don't, don't have that custom. So, this that custom may, may have had, um, began uh, may have begun later in time of the Geonim. Okay, so we do, we do cover that reading. Um, I think this is absolutely fascinating because most people think, you know, that the main reading for Yom, for Rosh Hashanah is Akedat Yitzchak, right? That's no greater thing. And remember the Shafat and all that. And the, uh, you know, Hashem have Rachamim, like Hashem, like Avraham, quashed uh, his uh, Rachamim for his son. And, you know, remember his sacrifice and all that. And then, you know, why do we read 
the chapter before. I don't know, maybe just because uh, we're going to read Akedat Yitzchak in chapter 22. So, all right, well, the day before we'll read chapter 21. It seems like a side point. But in fact, when you see this Gemara, I see it's the exact opposite. The main reading for uh, for Rosh Hashanah is in fact chap- chapter 21, Hashem uh, 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 remembering in Sarah and then she conceiving. And then, oh, we have another day. Oh, you know what? We'll keep reading into 22, uh, which is also a good reading, Akedat Yisak, but the main one is actually the one on the first day. Okay, so you, you learn all kinds of beautiful things um, when you see the origin of uh, where, where our customs came from. Okay, that's exactly what we do. Vayikra uh, 16, all of the details of uh, the Avoda. And we read after that from Yeshaya, um, where it talks about, you know, is this the kind of fast I want when you're swaying like a bulrush, right? Um, I, uh, and so while we're fasting, we always have to read Yeshaya saying, you know, what's the whole point of fasting? That's important. We read about the, uh, all the, uh, the uh, prohibited, um, uh, the prohibited laws of Adayot. Um, these are very important laws. And, you know, on Yom Kippur, we want to remind everybody of them. And the famous Haftarav Yonah, of course. Okay, since we mentioned the Haftarah of Yom Kippur here, we're going to go, we, we interrupt the Braita again with a statement by Rabbi Yochanan, a beautiful and famous one that says, anytime you see Hashem's greatness, you will also find Hashem's humility. In other words, they go hand in hand. Uh, that's not, it's not always so for, for human beings. For human beings, when you see someone great, you know, a great uh, famous uh, 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 actor or famous politician or whatever, usually they're like high above and they don't, they, they, it's hard for them to relate to the common person. Um, uh, whereas Hashem's greatness is in fact the opposite. His his greatness manifests not in Hashem being aloof and transcendent, and not and not dealing with uh, with uh, little human beings, but rather exactly the opposite. We find Hashem's greatness in his uh, in his humility to come and help the poor, the widow, the orphan, and so on, and anyone anyone who who is in need of help. And we find this proven in Tanakh. It said many times in Torah, Nevi'im, and Kituvim. Here's where we find it. Pasuk and Devarim says, Hashem is the greatest. He's the God of all gods, the master of all masters. And the very next Pasuk, And yet, although he's the master of masters, he doesn't uh, spend all day... Uh, uh, all, all the way up there, but rather he comes down and makes sure to give to do justice for the the orphan and the widow. Right, that's what he cares about. Shanui beketivim is repeated in Nevi'im. Shem ben Nevi'im. Koamad Ram ben Nisa Shochen Ad veKadosh. Okay, Yeshaya 57, right? This is the Haftarah for Shabbat, for Yom Kippur morning. That's why we're bringing this whole thing in. And so Hashem is high and mighty and lives all the way up, up high in His holiness. And yet, the very same Pasuk says, And yet Hashem will uh, uh, help 
those who are crushed and uh, low in spirit, right? Anyone who's in, in, uh, in depression, uh, who's uh, having a hard time, Hashem, although he's so high, will help them out down here. In Psalm 68, the song we said, we, we say on Shavuot, it says uh, we should extol him, Hashem who rides on the clouds. Um, so that's, that's really high up. And yet, he's also the father of the fatherless and judge of the widows. I think we learned an important lesson for us as well, right? If you want to look for, if you want to, what, what do you call someone great? It's someone, someone who's modest and humble and caring and, uh, and giving and, uh, and uh, someone who loves chesed. Okay, beautiful teaching. Um, by the way, this uh, this is found all over our tefillah, right? Right, the being the first beracha of the Amidah. El Hagadol, Hagibor, Vanora, El Alion. We're praying to the God who's transcendent and great, up all the way up high. El Alion, Gomel Chasadim Tovim, Konehakol, Vezochel Chastavot. And yet he cares about us, remembers us, and uh, remembers the covenant that he made with our forefathers and so on. Okay, and brings redemption. So, um, so this, this this paradox is is everywhere and is essential to understanding our relationship with Hakadosh uh, Baruch Hu. Excellent. Yom Tov Harishon Shel Chag, according to Parashat Moadot Shebetorat Kohanim, in the first day of Sukkot, uh, we're going to read um, from Vayikra twenty-two and twenty-three in Parashat Emor, all the section of the holidays. Yom Ba LaHashem, and we do the Haftarah from Zechariah fourteen. It uh, talks about the great day that's going to be on Sukkot when all the nations of the world are expected to come uh, up to Yerushalayim, and that is what we do. Although today we have two days. So and we read the same section of Torah on the second day. We do that till today. And after we read from Sefer Melachim, where the people come to King Shalomo on Sukkot and they celebrate the dedication of the first Bet Hamikdash. And the rest of the days of Sukkot. We read each one the day the the um the special korbanot of each day the parim 13, 12, 11, and so on from Parashat On the last day, um from Devarim misvot vechukim But we also read a little bit before that where it talks about other commandments. Um, uh, like aser ta'aser, over there, you should give a ma'aser, you should help the poor. These are all uh, important laws. So we start off from 1422, uh, even though the holidays themselves uh, don't start till chapter 15. And then we read, it's actually the con- a continuation of what we started over here, that from, from uh, Melachim chapter 8, uh, the end of that uh, of that chapter is that after Shilomo uh, made uh, made an end to his prayer and the celebration upon the uh, dedication of the Bet Hamikdash, then he sent everybody home on the eighth day. So it was curious that on Shemini Aseret, which is the eighth day celebration, we read about Shilomo sending people home on the eighth day. All right, we'll have to. That's a separate class. On the next day, when you have a, 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 a ninth day of Sukkot, right? The Yom Tov Sheni for Shemini Aseret, we read, And then we read, 
So on that day, read the Beracha. Now that day is Simchat Torah for us in uh, for for those outside of the land of Israel. And so we read, we do read Vezotah Beracha. I'm not sure here where the when the when the Talmud says Vezotah Beracha if they mean this to be uh, also Simchat Torah, because there were different customs about when to finish the the Torah. So this could be, um, although in Israel nowadays it's on the eighth day. That we they finish the uh, Simchat Torah. Shemina said and Simchat Torah are the same day, and so they read Vezot Beracha and not Kol Habechor on 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 Simchat Torah itself. Um, so we have to remember that in Israel, back in the time of the Talmud, they fin- used a triennial cycle, and so they didn't have Simchat Torah. Um, but uh, uh, so that's why they only read Kol Habechor. Okay, so this is uh, a little different than what we do today. And the Haftarah would be Vayamod Shalomo, which is actually the Pesukim right between uh, the previous two Haftarot that we mentioned. And uh, we, we, we don't do that today because for us it's Simchat Torah. Okay. Amar Rav Huna Amar Rav Shabbat Shechaliyot Becholoshel Moed Ben Bepesach Ben Besukot. When you have Shabbat Cholomoed, there are two of them, possible, uh, possibly two of them during the year. Uh, so Pesach or Sukkot, Mikra Karenan Re'ata. We read um, Re'ata uh, from Parashat Kitisa. That's what we do. And after Pesach Hatzmot Ha'yveshot, Uba Sukkot Beyom Bo Gog. On Pesach, the Haftarah will be about the dry bones from Yechezkel. And on Sukkot, it's the great war that's going to happen with Gog. Um, both of these are associated with the final Geula. And this has to do with the, uh, with the idea that um, a final geula will happen on the major holidays on Pesach and on Sukkot. Bachanukah banesiim on the on the eight days of Chanukah, we read about the presents, uh, the gifts that the nesiim gave upon dedicating the Mishkan. And now we're dedicating, rededicating the Beit Hamikdash. Umaftirin benarot zicharia on Shabbat. Uh, of Chanukah, we read about the the uh, the, the 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 menorah in uh, Zechariah chapter two. And sometimes there are two Shabbatot during Chanukah, right? When the beginning, one at the end. Kamaita uh, The first Shabbat, we will read that. But Raita benerot The second one, we'll read about the um, menorahs that Shelomo uh, uh, built and placed in the uh, first Beit Hamikdash, where he had not one but ten uh, menorahs. Bepurim by Abba Malek. Purim, as Mishnah said, read by Abba Malek. But Ashe Chodashim Ashe Chodash Chodshechem. On Ashe Chodash, read from about the Korbanot. In Pinchas, Rosh Chodesh Shechaliyot B'Shabbat, Maftirin Vahim Vahayami Deh Chodesh Bechodsho. If any time Rosh Chodesh happens to be, most of the time, when Rosh Chodesh happens to be on Shabbat, we say Haftarah um, about, uh, uh, about when, uh, uh, about, uh, about Rosh Chodesh itself, um, from Yeshaya 66, and Chaliyot Bechad B'Shabbat, whenever Rosh Chodesh is on Sunday, Metmo Maftirin, so read the story in Shemuel about when Yonatan says tomorrow is Rosh Chodesh because that's uh, that's appropriate. And so we'll skip the regular Haftarah on those on those occasions. When Rosh Chodesh Av is also Shabbat, Maftirin, Hayu Alai, La Torah, we read um, uh, uh, Yeshaya chapter one. 
which is a harsh, uh, harsh chapter, and that's appropriate as we enter into Av. Nowadays, we say this, this is Shabbat Chazon, the Shabbat before Tisha B'Av, is when we read, uh, we read this. So we, um, uh, uh, we, we do something very similar to what it says here. When it says that your, your holidays and your Rosh Chodesh are, are for me like a burden. What does that mean? Hashem says that they're a burden. Hashem says, you know what? It's a burden because not only does Israel sin before me, and that's bad enough, now I have to go bother and think about what kind of punishment do I have to give them, right? This is lehavdil, uh, like when uh, I have a student who fails, who, who misses a midterm or fails a final, right? Not only is it bad enough that I have, you know, the student that's not doing well, but now I have to go and think about when I'm going to do a makeup, I have to write a new test, and right, it's even more work. And so that's the, the Torah that's involved. Uh, that Yeshaya is talking about. We read Haftarah uh, Tisha Be'av itself. What Haftarah? We read Echa. Now, actually, we don't do this. We read this as the Haftarah on Shabbat Chazon, the Shabbat before. Um, but beforehand, we we actually we make we have we have a different haftarah which is coming up here. Mikramai, what reading do we have on Tisha Be'av? Tanya, So there's different opinions. The reading on Tisha Be'av, some say, is from Paikra 26, which is all the curses, right? Terrible, terrible section appropriate for Tisha Be'av. We don't do that. Both of these opinions are from Bemidbar uh, 14, which is about the Medaglim, the spies. And Hashem says, right, how long will this people provoke me? How long can I bear? And Hashem calls B'nai Israel this evil congregation. So these are also two terrible pesukim to read, appropriate for Tisha B'Av. But we don't read those either. Nowadays, the custom is to read Kitolid Banim in Devarim. And although it's true, the beginning of Kitolid Banim, and when you come into land and you sin, then, you know, there's going to be bad things. But then after just a, a few Pesukim, it says, when you go into exile, that you will seek out Hashem and Hashem will remember you and Hashem will bring you back. And so instead of reading these three possibilities of like the worst pesukim you could find, the most devastating in the Torah, instead we read one that starts off bad but ends with hope. And so this is really important about the, you know, the, the, the way that we think about Tisha B'Av and, uh, and the way we think about tragedy. And same with the Haftarah, we don't read Echai Talizona, but rather Asof Asifem, I will I'm going to, uh, and this, if you look in there, in Yirmiya 8, also, it's negative, but it ends with a positive note. It ends with an uplifting uh, sense of, uh, of hope for the future. Okay, so this is a, a really, really very interesting to see, the, uh, the historical development of the readings for Tisha B'Av. Okay, it's good to be said, but sometimes you can't be only said. You have to have some hope for the future too. Okay, with the non-priestly uh, groups uh, who represent B'nai Israel would read Genesis chapter one. 
What's the source? The reason is because if not for these watches, for the people that represented B'nai Israel in offering the Qurban Tamid and the communal offerings, right? These are the, these are the regular reminders of the Berit that we have with Hashem. And if not for that, if if not for my covenant, day and night, meaning every every single day or every Qurban Tamid, then Hashem would not have created the world. Why, why bother if people aren't going to follow, follow the laws of the covenant? And therefore, so uh, every day we read uh, from Bereshit Pedagal to remind ourselves that the whole purpose of creation is in fact uh, adhering to the Berit. Further regarding this, Abraham says to Hashem, how do I know that I will inherit um, uh, the, the, uh, as you promised? It's based on the sins. Uh, the whole world is ba- the the existence of the world is based on Benesel keeping the berits of Abraham. When he asks, "How do I know that I will inherit?" he wasn't asking a personal question. He wanted to know a larger question. He says, "In the future, should Benesel sin? Are you going to then turn destroy the world like you did Hashem back in the time of the flood?" And in the generation of the dispersion of, of this, this, this dispersion, right? Since you just said that. The existence of the world depends on the berit. Amar lo lav says no, Hashem, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to have mercy and patience. Amar lefanav ribona shalom b'ma'ida. Prove it, Hashem. How do I know? Amar lo kechali eglam mishuleshit. And that's the whole berit ben abetarim, right? Take these animals and split them, and uh, and Hashem guarantees that He won't destroy the world, even if bnei Yisrael should deviate from the berit. Abraham says, okay, great. I know that this will be true when the Bet HaMikdash is around. Perhaps that's symbolized by the uh, animals that he just uh, cut and cut, that those symbolize the Korbanot, that they will offer in the Bet HaMikdash. And that will guarantee that uh, things will go as planned and they will keep up the world. But when Bet HaMikdash is destroyed, then what are we going to do? What's going to be the guarantee? Amar Hashem says, don't worry. I already made the order of Korbanot. And you don't have to actually do them. All you have to do is read them like we do. And this relates to the readings before, right? Because on each of the holidays, uh, we read about uh, the Korbanot of that day. And in the daily prayers, we read about the, the Korbanot, the Delhi Korbanot, or on Shabbat, or, or Rosh Chodesh, about the Musafin. And so as even if you just read them, then it will be like you gave it, and I will pardon all of B'nai Israel's sins, right? The point is that Hashem doesn't actually eat the meat or drink the blood of the sacrifices. They're not made for Him, but rather for us, right? As a symbol of our commitment. And as long as we have that commitment in mind, uh, we can just recite it. And don't actually have to do it. It's the thought that counts. Okay, back to the Mishnah that says on fast days, we read the blessings and curses in Vayikra, and you can't interrupt the, bless- the curses. It has to be one Aliyah. 
What do you have to read all the curses in one aliyah? Because the Pasuk says in Mishle, my son, do not despise Hashem's rebuke. See, if you split it up, then it's like, you know, the first guy says, I had enough, I had enough rebuke. All right, get, give it to someone else. All right, next guy, oh, I had enough, give it to someone else. All right, no, we should love rebuke, right? Even though these are harsh statements, but it's not, it's not a curse in the sense that it's going to come, it's going to come upon anyone, but rather it's a warning if, right? And therefore it's a prompt to make teshuva. You know, nowadays there are some, some places that nobody wants to get the aliyah for the, for the klalot, right? And so they have to give it to uh, the, the guy, the gabai who gives out the aliyot, he gets it. So, cause no one else wants to give it. Um, but truth is, right? You see, based on this, it's actually a great, a great merit. Uh, uh, to get this aliyah. So it's a beautiful aliyah. It's nice and long. And right, it shows that we love to uh, to hear rebuke because we want to better ourselves. So it's actually um, a great merit. And uh, that's why one person takes the whole thing. Another reason is because we should not say a blessing upon a calamity that's happening. Um, I saw one comment, a beautiful commentary that explains this as, you know, when, when B'nai Israel is suffering, where is Hashem? We saw we saw a couple of days ago, right? Hashem is with us too. And so to bless Hashem and then talk about Hashem's suffering is, uh, is a paradox uh, itself. So, um, so that's why, um, so this, this is a problem, right? Um, so uh, that's why we don't say, but that's why we don't stop in the middle. Because if you make an aliyah in the middle, then the person is going to say the closing, next aliyah is going to say the opening, and you have blessings right in the middle of curses is not appropriate. So what should we do? Because in any case, the first guy who start the, the one aliyah is still going to have say berachot before and after the curses. So then you're still saying a beracha about about negative things. So we say tana keshu matchil matchil pasuk lishlif mehem. Oh, when you begin, you don't, don't, don't start exactly at the klalot, but rather start a pasuk before. We actually start a few pasukim before because you can't just have one pasuk there. And we'll end after it, after it gets a little better uh, so that we're including the good with the bad. Okay, this halacha that you have to read it in one aliyah is only true in the klalot in Sefer Vayikrat and in Bechukotai. Aval Torah, Torah is the way that Talmud refers to Sefer Dvarim, right? Uh, uh, the, 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 the our, our um, uh, words for each of the Chumashim are actually later, are actually late, right? This is the original name for Vayikrat Torah Kohanim, uh, which is actually a translation of Leviticus, right? Leviticus comes from uh, Torah Kohanim, Le- Levi, right? The Leviim. And Deuteronomy, uh, Deuteronomy means uh, second law, right? Deute- Deutero is second, Nomos is law, is actually a translation of Mishneh Torah. So our English name Deuteronomy is actually closer to the original Hebrew name that was used uh, by Chazal. Question? I'm just curious. There was a whole big deal at one point about, you know, uh, the meaning, like if somebody only says, uh, you know, uh, Hashem does good as opposed yeah. to Hashem does bad, it's, it's dualism, right? So here mm-hmm. it's like they're making a whole big deal about, no, you're supposed to, right? So what's the right. right. Yeah, I was, I was just thinking that, right, about blessing Hashem for curses. You could say, yeah, bless Hashem for, 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 the, for the good and, and for the bad. Um, yeah, so that that's true. I don't think this is contradicting it. This the point here is simply that 
um, you know, to say a, a beracha, like, you know, be in a happy mood, specifically when you have read this, and this brings you in the sad mood. Um, so, you know, why not include a couple of more pesukim? Uh, I think it relates to the, what we just said about Tisha B'Av also, the Tisha B'Av reading. We don't want to only read something negative, right? Anytime you have something negative, uh, you still, you know, even, even uh, when you visit a mourner, you say, you know, I hope uh, happy occasions in the future. You should find the Chama, right? You always want to ha- in- include a little bit of hope uh, into it. So I, I think that's... Um, that's the idea. Uh, but it's not that, uh, of course, of course, uh, any, all, all things, the good and bad, uh, all come from Hashem. Um, okay, yeah, good, good question. All right, so th- this, uh, the, the fact that you can all, you have to say all the curses in one aliyah, that's only true regarding Vayikra, but not regarding the Kilalot that are in Devarim. My Tama, why? Halalu b'shon rabim amorot, umoshem epiha gebura amaran. Very interesting answer. It says the ones in Vayikra are said in plural. And if you go look at look there, right? You plural. And the whole thing is uh, the, the you is atem is in plural. So uh, whereas the ones in Devarim says yakecha in singular, Hashem will uh, will smite you in particular. Um, so the ones that are in plural are a lot more important, more powerful than the ones in Devarim that are in singular. That's one difference. A second difference is that the ones in Vayikra, Moshe said them from the mouth of Hashem. Right. This is from the from Har Sinai. He received these and he told them to the people. Uh, directly, whereas the one is in Devarim, Moshe said on his own. So this is really interesting. What do you mean Hashem said on his own? Well, if you read Sefer Devarim, most of it, right, it's Moshe speaking in first person. Moshe saying, hi, I'm Moshe, right? I took you out. I did this. You did this, right? He's telling the whole story and it reads as Moshe's speech. Moshe sat, Moshe sat and wrote it himself. And uh, and therefore, the, the Kalalot also. Now, of course, has has the status of Chumash. Why? Because after Moshe said the speech, and this is uh, explicated by Abarbanel and many others, after Moshe said the speech, Hashem said, that was a good speech, right? It's worthy of being included in the Chumash, right? And so therefore, yes, of course, it has the status of Torah, uh, once, uh, once it's once it's once it's uh, edited and completed and uh, included in the chumash. Nevertheless, since originally the ones in Vayikra were directly from Hashem and the other ones were directly from Moshe, and only then, only later, given the stamp of uh, stamp of approval, so the ones in Devarim are of lesser uh, strength and less harsh. And therefore, if you want to add aliyot, you may add aliyot to the klalot in Parashat Kitavo. All right, that's a very important principle for understanding really the whole Sefer Devarim. Okay, Levi bar buti hava kari veka megamgem kameh deravuna barure. So this, uh, this reader was reading the klalot and he was stammering because he was so, it was so scary uh, that he couldn't he couldn't get through them uh, straight. Um, and Amar lo akenafshach lo shanu ela kilalot shebetorat koanim avar b'shebetorat posek. And he said, "Listen, if it's difficult for you to go on, whatever you want, you can stop here. Since um, the rabbis only said that when you're reading Vayikra, one person has to read the whole thing." 
And remember then, you know, the person getting the Aliyah also read his own Aliyah. So if it was in Vayikra, I would tell you, you got to keep going. We can't stop. But since you're reading Devarim, you know what? If you want to stop here and you're too overwhelmed, that's okay. And someone will else will, will take the next, will, will start wherever you left off with the next Aliyah. Good. Tanya Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar Omer. Ezra enacted that Bnei should read the curses in Vayikra right before Shavuot. Because Shavuot is when we're accepting the Torah upon ourselves, right? It's a, uh, we're renewing the covenant. And an essential part of the Berit is knowing, knowing the fine print, knowing the consequences, right? Uh, it's, it's, uh, the, the whole significance of when you enter into a contract or get married or any, any kind of deal is understanding the consequences of what happens if you don't uh, keep up your side of the deal. And therefore, it's important to read the Klalot before Matan Torah, before Shavuot. And we read the Klalot in, in Devarim, always before Rosh Hashanah. If you look at our calendar, that's exactly what we do. Our whole calendar is set up so that these parashiyot fall before Shavuot and before Rosh Hashanah. My time, what's the reason? So in explaining why we read Klalot before Rosh Hashanah, so that with the last thing we read on the during the year will be the Klalot. And then we say, we end, we conclude the year and it's Klalot. And Rosh Hashanah, we begin a new year and now we, we can begin with, uh, with Berachot. This is the source for the piyut that we begin Rosh Hashanah with Tichlesh Shana Bekililoteha, Tachel Shana Birchoteha, right? Uh, this, the first half of it comes right from here. Good. So now we explained half of it. We explained why we read the Klalot and Devarim before Rosh Hashanah. But how come we read Klalot of Aikra before Shavuot? Is, Rosh, is Shavuot a new year? Because over here we only give one reason for both. But Rosh, is that is a Shavuot called a new year? In yes, it is. Uh, since the Shavuot is a new year for fruits, right? For Bikurim. So therefore, it is in a sense also a new year. And so that reason of we want to end the previous year with Endless Klalot can apply, in fact, to both. All right, and we end with one final agada. So Rabbi Shimon Belzah says, if the elders say demolish something and the children say build, right? A lot of times uh, the younger generation is full of energy and says, okay, build, build. What should you do? You should follow the elders. The elders have wisdom and therefore demolish and don't build. Even though it seems like, uh, how, what, what's, uh, how is it productive to demolish? And the answer is yes, because the demolishing of the elders is in fact building. Sometimes you have to demolish before you could build. Sometimes you got to wipe away the bad before you could bring the good. And the building of the new job, the next generation is often uh, itself demolishing. They're building something, but it's on shaky ground and they don't know what they're doing and it's going to end up in disaster. So always follow the, uh, the wisdom of the elders. You want to know uh, an example? The Chavam, the son of Shalom, after, right, uh, he became the next king. And he, well, he had elders, he had, he had different advisors. 
and uh, the elder said, uh, you know, relax the, relax the taxes. Uh, you have to make everybody happy. And the younger said, right, no, be strong. You have to be, if, they, if you're right, you should be stronger than your father. Raise taxes and, you know, be harsh. And so he followed the younger and that looks like he's building, right? He's giving more taxes, being stronger. But in the end, the people rebelled and he lost most of the kingdom. And so you see that the elders were, were correct, even though they said diminish, but that diminishing would have been smart, would have been the right thing to do. Uh, why is this, this Agadah here? It doesn't seem to have to do with anything that came before. I think the idea is, right, what we was thought about Klalot, that right before a new year, we should read Klalot. Klalot are about demolishing. Why should we read that? We want to think about happy things, right? Think about the, you know, the secular new year. They don't read any Klalot. They just go and party and get drunk. And you think, right, that, that, yeah, that's what you should celebrate, right? And the answer is no. You should listen to the elders. First, you have to demolish, right? First, we have to demolish any negative, any sins, make Teshuvah. And only based on that, then we can bring in the new year, with, uh, with blessings and good things. Okay, wonderful wisdom. And we'll, uh, we'll look forward to completing Masechet Megillah tomorrow. Baruch Adonai Amen ve'amen.